The 14th Amendment to the United States Constitution was adopted on July 9, 1868, as one of the Reconstruction Amendments. Often considered as one of the most consequential amendments, it addresses citizenship rights and equal protection under the law and was proposed in response to issues related to former slaves following the American Civil War. The amendment was bitterly contested, particularly by the states of the defeated Confederacy, which were forced to ratify it in order to regain representation in Congress. The amendment, particularly its first section, is one of the most litigated parts of the Constitution, forming the basis for landmark Supreme Court decisions such as Brown v. Board of Education, 1954, regarding racial segregation, Roe v. Wade, 1973, regarding abortion, Bush v. Gore, 2000, regarding the 2000 presidential election, and Obergefell v. Hodges, 2015, regarding same-sex marriage. The amendment limits the actions of all state and local officials, and also those acting on behalf of such officials. The amendment's first section includes several clauses, the Citizenship Clause, Privileges or Immunities Clause, Due Process Clause, and Equal Protection Clause. The Citizenship Clause provides a broad definition of citizenship, nullifying the Supreme Court's decision in Dred Scott v. Sanford, 1857, which had held that Americans descended from African slaves could not be citizens of the United States. Since the Slaughterhouse Cases, 1873, the Privileges or Immunities Clause has been interpreted to do very little. The Due Process Clause prohibits state and local governments from depriving persons of life, liberty, or property without a fair procedure. The Supreme Court has ruled this clause makes most of the Bill of Rights as applicable to the states as it is to the federal government, as well as to recognize substantive and procedural requirements that state laws must satisfy. The Equal Protection Clause requires each state to provide equal protection under the law to all people, including all non-citizens, within its jurisdiction. This clause has been the basis for many decisions rejecting irrational or unnecessary discrimination against people belonging to various groups. The second, third, and fourth sections of the amendment are seldom litigated. However, the second section's reference to rebellion, or other crime has been invoked as a constitutional ground for felony disenfranchisement. The fourth section was held, in Perry v. United States, 1935, to prohibit a current Congress from abrogating a contract of debt incurred by a prior Congress. The fifth section gives Congress the power to enforce the amendment's provisions by appropriate legislation, however, under City of Bernie v. Flores, 1997, this power may not be used to contradict a Supreme Court decision interpreting the amendment. Section 1. Citizenship and Civil Rights. Section 1. All persons born or naturalized in the United States, and subject to the jurisdiction thereof, are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property, without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. Background. Section 1 of the amendment formally defines United States citizenship and also protects various civil rights from being abridged or denied by any state or state actor. Abridgment or denial of those civil rights by private persons is not addressed by this amendment. The Supreme Court held in the Civil Rights Cases, 1883, that the amendment was limited to state action and, therefore, did not authorize the Congress to outlaw racial discrimination by private individuals or organizations, though Congress can sometimes reach such discrimination via other parts of the Constitution such as the Commerce Clause which Congress used to enact the Civil Rights Act of 1964. The Supreme Court upheld this approach in Heart of Atlanta Motel v. United States, 1964. 
U.S. Supreme Court Justice Joseph P. Bradley commented in the civil rights cases that individual invasion of individual rights is not the subject matter of the amendment. It has a deeper and broader scope. It nullifies and makes void all state legislation, and state action of every kind, which impairs the privileges and immunities of citizens of the United States, or which injures them in life, liberty or property without due process of law, or which denies to any of them the equal protection of the laws. The radical Republicans who advance the 13th Amendment hope to ensure broad civil and human rights for the newly freed people, but its scope was disputed before it even went into effect. The framers of the 14th Amendment wanted these principles enshrined in the Constitution to protect the new Civil Rights Act from being declared unconstitutional by the Supreme Court and also to prevent a future Congress from altering it by a mere majority vote. This section was also in response to violence against black people within the southern states. The Joint Committee on Reconstruction found that only a constitutional amendment could protect black people's rights and welfare within those states. The U.S. Supreme Court stated in Shelley v. Kramer, 1948, that the historical context leading to the 14th Amendment's adoption must be taken into account, that this historical context reveals the amendment's fundamental purpose and that the provisions of the amendment are to be construed in light of this fundamental purpose. In its decision the court said, The historical context in which the 14th Amendment became a part of the Constitution should not be forgotten. Whatever else the framer sought to achieve, it is clear that the matter of primary concern was the establishment of equality in the enjoyment of basic civil and political rights and the preservation of those rights from discriminatory action on the part of the states based on considerations of race or color. He provisions of the amendment are to be construed with this fundamental purpose in mind. Section 1 has been the most frequently litigated part of the amendment, and this amendment in turn has been the most frequently litigated part of the Constitution. Citizenship Clause the Citizenship Clause overruled the Supreme Court's Dred Scott decision that black people were not citizens and could not become citizens, nor enjoy the benefits of citizenship. Some members of Congress voted for the 14th Amendment in order to eliminate doubts about the constitutionality of the Civil Rights Act of 1866, or to ensure that no subsequent Congress could later repeal or alter the main provisions of that act. The Civil Rights Act of 1866 had granted citizenship to all people born in the United States if they were not subject to a foreign power and this clause of the 14th Amendment constitutionalized this rule. According to Garrett Epps, professor of constitutional law at the University of Baltimore, only one group is not subject to the jurisdiction, accredited foreign diplomats and their families, who can be expelled by the federal government but not arrested or tried. The U.S. Supreme Court stated in Elk v. Wilkins, 1884, with respect to the purpose of the Citizenship Clause and the words persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof in this context. The main object of the opening sentence of the 14th Amendment was to settle the question, upon which there had been a difference of opinion throughout the country and in this court, as to the citizenship of free Negroes, Scott v. Sanford, 19 How. 393, and to put it beyond doubt that all persons, white or black, and whether formerly slaves or not, born or naturalized in the United States, and owing no allegiance to any alien power, should be citizens of the United States and of the state in which they reside. Slaughterhouse Cases Strauder v. West Virginia. This section contemplates two sources of citizenship, and two sources only, birth and naturalization. The persons declared to be citizens are all persons born or naturalized in the United States, and subject to the jurisdiction thereof. The evident meaning of these last words is not merely subject in some respect or degree to the jurisdiction of the United States, but completely subject to their political jurisdiction and owing them direct and immediate allegiance. And the words relate to the time of birth in the one case, as they do to the time of naturalization in the other. 
Persons not thus subject to the jurisdiction of the United States at the time of birth cannot become so afterward except by being naturalized, either individually, as by proceedings under the Naturalization Acts, or collectively, as by the force of a treaty by which foreign territory is acquired. There are varying interpretations of the original intent of Congress and of the ratifying states, based on statements made during the congressional debate over the amendment, as well as the customs and understandings prevalent at that time. Some of the major issues that have arisen about this clause are the extent to which it included Native Americans, its coverage of non-citizens legally present in the United States when they have a child, whether the clause allows revocation of citizenship, and whether the clause applies to illegal immigrants. Historian Eric Foner, who has explored the question of U.S. birthright citizenship to other countries, argues that many things claimed as uniquely American, a devotion to individual freedom, for example, or social opportunity, exist in other countries. But birthright citizenship does make the United States, along with Canada, unique in the developed world. Birthright citizenship is one expression of the commitment to equality and the expansion of national consciousness that marked Reconstruction. Birthright citizenship is one legacy of the titanic struggle of the Reconstruction era to create a genuine democracy grounded in the principle of equality. Garrett Epps also stresses, like Eric Foner, the equality aspect of the 14th Amendment. Its centerpiece is the idea that citizenship in the United States is universal, that we are one nation, with one class of citizens, and that citizenship extends to everyone born here. Citizens have rights that neither the federal government nor any state can revoke at will, even undocumented immigrants, persons, in the language of the amendment, have rights to due process and equal protection of the law. Native Americans. During the original congressional debate over the amendment Senator Jacob M. Howard of Michigan, the author of the Citizenship Clause, described the clause as having the same content, despite different wording, as the earlier Civil Rights Act of 1866, namely, that it excludes Native Americans who maintain their tribal ties and persons born in the United States who are foreigners, aliens, who belong to the families of ambassadors or foreign ministers. According to historian Glenn W. Law Fondacy of Western Kentucky University, a good number of his fellow senators supported his view of the Citizenship Clause. Others also agreed that the children of ambassadors and foreign ministers were to be excluded. Senator James Rude Doolittle of Wisconsin asserted that all Native Americans were subject to United States jurisdiction, so that the phrase Indians not taxed would be preferable, but Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Lyman Trumbull and Howard disputed this, arguing that the federal government did not have full jurisdiction over Native American tribes, which govern themselves and make treaties with the United States. In Alk v. Wilkins, 1884, the clause's meaning was tested regarding whether birth in the United States automatically extended national citizenship. The Supreme Court held that Native Americans who voluntarily quit their tribes did not automatically gain national citizenship. The issue was resolved with the passage of the Indian Citizenship Act of 1924, which granted full U.S. citizenship to indigenous peoples. Children born to foreign nationals. The Fourteenth Amendment provides that children born in the United States and subject to its jurisdiction become American citizens at birth. The principal framer John Armour Bingham said during the 39th United States Congress two years before its passing, I find no fault with the introductory clause, which is simply declaratory of what is written in the Constitution, that every human being born within the jurisdiction of the United States of parents not owing allegiance to any foreign sovereignty is, in the language of your Constitution itself, a natural-born citizen. But, sir, I may be allowed to say further that I deny that the Congress of the United States ever had the power, or color of power to say that any man born within the jurisdiction of the United States, not owing a foreign allegiance, is not and shall not be a citizen of the United States. At the time of the amendment's passage, President Andrew Johnson and three senators, including Trumbull, the author of the Civil Rights Act, 
asserted that both the Civil Rights Act and the 14th Amendment would confer citizenship to children born to foreign nationals in the United States. Senator Edgar Cowan of Pennsylvania had a decidedly different opinion. Some scholars dispute whether the citizenship clause should apply to the children of unauthorized immigrants today, as the problem did not exist at the time. In the 21st century, Congress has occasionally discussed passing a statute or a constitutional amendment to reduce the practice of birth tourism, in which a foreign national gives birth in the United States to gain the child's citizenship. The clause's meaning with regard to a child of immigrants was tested in United States v. Wong Kim Ark, 1898. The Supreme Court held that under the 14th Amendment, a man born within the United States to Chinese citizens who have a permanent domicile and residence in the United States, and are carrying out business in the United States, and whose parents were not employed in a diplomatic or other official capacity by a foreign power, was a citizen of the United States. Subsequent decisions have applied the principle to the children of foreign nationals of non-Chinese descent. According to the Foreign Affairs Manual, which is published by the State Department, despite widespread popular belief, U.S. military installations abroad and U.S. diplomatic or consular facilities abroad are not part of the United States within the meaning of the amendment. Loss of citizenship. Loss of national citizenship is possible only under the following circumstances. Fraud in the naturalization process. Technically, this is not a loss of citizenship but rather avoiding of the purported naturalization and a declaration that the immigrant never was a citizen of the United States. Affiliation with an anti-American organization, such as the Communist Party or other totalitarian party, or a terrorist organization, within five years of naturalization. The State Department views such affiliations as sufficient evidence that an applicant must have lied or concealed evidence in the naturalization process. Other than honorable discharge from the U.S. Armed Forces before five years of honorable service, if honorable service was the basis for the naturalization. Voluntary relinquishment of citizenship. This may be accomplished either through renunciation procedures specially established by the State Department or through other actions that demonstrate desire to give up national citizenship. For much of the country's history, voluntary acquisition or exercise of a foreign citizenship was considered sufficient cause for revocation of national citizenship. This concept was enshrined in a series of treaties between the United States and other countries, the Bancroft Treaties. However, the Supreme Court repudiated this concept in Ephraim v. Rusk, 1967, as well as Vance v. Tarasas, 1980, holding that the Citizenship Clause of the 14th Amendment barred the Congress from revoking citizenship. However, it has been argued that Congress can revoke citizenship that it has previously granted to a person not born in the United States. The text of this podcast is sourced from the Wikipedia Foundation under a Creative Commons attribution, share alike license. The written text has been altered for voice presentation. To view the modified and original text versions visit thelegalpages.com. The content of this podcast is presented for informational purposes only, and is not intended to be legal or professional advice. The Wikipedia Foundation is not affiliated with this podcast.